0: off the ball daily a home for your favorite podcasts from off the ball the performance rankings you had to be there the crappy quiz and a slight tangent get you going that little bit if you bit, say to
1: anger you. is a great ah. motivator yeah.
0: subscribe to the off the ball daily podcast feed right now
2: the news round on off the ball with gillette labs get the ultimate shave with your money back neon night edition available now
1: A very good evening. You're welcome to Tala Stadium. This day, four weeks, the Republic of Ireland will play their first ever game at a World Cup finals when they take on Australia in Sydney. The build-up begins tonight in Tala on a most beautiful, balmy and sunny June evening. The Republic of Ireland taking on Zambia at 7.30. We're going to be here throughout the evening with updates on the game in what, for most of these players, will be a last opportunity to impress Vera Powell ahead of the squad announcement this day, next week. Alongside me for the evening is Kathleen McNamee. Evening, Kathleen.
2: Good evening, Nathan. This feels big. It does feel big. It feels exciting. Uh, I was outside whenever the Irish team bus pulled up and I was talking to some of the Sky reporters over from England and they were like, this atmosphere is incredible. We didn't expect there to be so many teams running around the place. So there's a lot of lot of very excited people. We're watching the teams warm up just below us here and uh, they're looking good. They're looking fit. They're looking ready. And I mean, the team itself alone is quite interesting. Few names in there. Some people won't be expecting to see particularly Isabel Atkins that's one name that really sticks out for me considering she wasn't even in the preliminary squad initially.
1: Alright, let's get to the good stuff then straight away. The team that Vera Powell has picked tonight is a bit of a mishmash between experienced players and who we know will be in the squad, particularly that back three, and five or six players who are probably in the running for two or three positions when she names her squad next week. We should point out the likes of Katie McCabe, Denise O'Sullivan uh, aren't in the squad. Denise O'Sullivan's still in America. Katie McCabe joined the squad late and is just being rested for this one. So what is the starting 11?
2: So we have Courtney Brosnan in goal and then as you were saying, a very normal back three that we would be quite used to in Quinn, Fahey and Connolly. Quinn is captaining the side tonight, which I think most people probably expected. They thought it would either be herself or Nifahi, Nifahi back in the squad after a long time out with injury. Uh, and then in our midfield you have Little John, Payne, O'Reardan or and Atkinson and then that we have a nice little front tree there of Noonan, Larkin and Kiernan. So, as I was saying, a couple of names in there that you wouldn't expect to see. Atkinson has joined the squad since last Friday in place of Megan Campbell, who is still completing return to play protocols. Uh, she's actually with the squad for all of their th- things. So there, she's in the hotel with them. She's out in UCD with them. Uh, Abby Larkin as well, one of the players that is still playing in this league. A lot of people were questioning about how many of those players would get to the World Cup. So, be interesting to see how she performs and uh, it's good to see players as well like little John back on the field obviously she stopped playing with her club quite close to the end of the season so that she could be fit enough for this game and the World Cup but uh, last Friday whenever the team had an open training session she was still training slightly away from the team so clearly still taking it easy just to make sure that she is fit after quite a rough time with injuries
1: It's a 107th cap for Niamh Fahey this evening a 104th for Lee- Louise Quinn who captains the side So enormous experience at the back, and Vera Powell will be hoping a good platform defensively for those attacking players to go and shine because it is that front three of Leanne Kiernan, Abby Larkin, Saoirse Noonan players that who anyone who follows the women's game in this country will have known for years as very exciting prospects. And we've now arrived on the cusp of a World Cup. And the likelihood is that what one Maybe two of those three might make that final squad.
2: I think probably one you'd be looking out of that front three. I've long said it on AM and in other places on the Koigig podcast as well that I really think Leanne Kiernan deserves the opportunity. I know she's missed the majority of this season with injury. But I even before she was injured, I mean she was top scorer in the championship last year. Whenever Liverpool lost her this year, they were like in pretty dire straits when it came to scoring opportunities. And we don't really have anyone in the squad who's like just that out and out goal scorer. And I think that could be her, especially if Vera does decide to set up at the World Cup in the same way that she set up for that US game. Uh, I think she really could be a target woman alongside a player like Kira Caruso. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see who who puts their boots on tonight and impresses because as Vera was saying yesterday it's not like everything depends on tonight but a lot of it pretty much does.
1: Caruso, one of those players not involved, Sophie Whitehouse, Tara Hanlon, all missing from the match their squad. are Lily Ag and Katie McCabe. So we're going to be here until half seven, building up to the game. We'll be with you throughout the evening, bringing you the latest updates. We're also going to have John Giles from nine o'clock, reflecting on a difficult week for the Republic of Ireland men's team, get his thoughts on Stephen Kenny's future, and also get his thoughts on Liam Brady's retirement from the RTE panel. Claire Walsh is a free diver. What is free diving well that was the first question i asked her and uh, that's coming your way after eight o'clock and at half past seven declan bogue will join us Uh, still seven ulster counties in the mix between the all ireland series and the talshan cup Uh, so we'll get a sense from him as what's going on up north ahead of a huge weekend richie mccormick is with us as well good evening richie Hey folks, how are you? And we got the we got the good gig tonight. We've got the sh- well, Thank I've got you. the shorts and t-shirts. Most unprofessional, I, I'll be honest. Uh, on this <laughs> evening, it's about twenty degrees. Uh, I got to say, these internationals have become really special occasions out in Tala, where it's pretty much a complete sellout, and it is a crowd that you just don't get at most sporting events these days. And there is a lesson to be learned for the FAI for the IRFU. And all the major organizations of trying to get more kids to more matches. It's just too goddamn expensive for the vast majority of sporting events to bring kids along. And we look at what's gone on with the men's internationals where understandably the FAI are trying to sell the Gibraltar game and say if you want to go to watch the Gibraltar match, you gotta to go to the Dutch game as well. But they're putting a real push on to make sure they fill this stadium, which means the tickets are accessible, they're not overly expensive and Firstly, the amount of young girls, but a huge amount of young boys and girls here. But the proportion of kids to adults, I would say, is probably 70% kids, 30% adults. And there's too many, too many games now and too many events that you just don't see any kids at because it's just too expensive and people feel they can't justify
2: it. Yeah, and there were so many kids that I was talking to outside who this was their first game. And, like, it's a good atmosphere for your first game. You know, it's not mad overwhelming. The crowd is quite nice, and that you're saying that like there's a lot of kids around the place. You know, that people don't really come to these matches after a couple of pints or whatever it is. It's it's a nice chill atmosphere, and also there's a lot of kids coming here with their teams. And like I was asking them, you know, are you, who are you going to watch the World Cup with? And they're like, oh, our club. are planning watch parties. We're going to have a training session in the morning, and then we're going to play or what, play the game and watch the game. And I was like, parents are going to love this. It's summer holidays. Get the kids in the clubhouse for three or four hours for a bit of training and then watch a match they'll be delighted
1: now uh, you're speaking there as someone who doesn't have kids uh just <laughs> to be clear i'm fairly sure most of these clubs richie are going to be pointing yeah. out that they're not babysitting your kids for four hours and no. that you should probably stay and watch the match with them as well they should
0: yeah yeah it is like to be honest with you it, it, there are people out there <clears throat> and i can i can sniff them coming already with their text and thumbs out who will probably be scoffing at this and saying that you know they're just trying to pad out seats with kids etc etc <clears throat> but trying to get children uh, involved as active watchers of these games as attendees of these games is far more important for the future and the health of these sports as a whole than your 40 50 60 year old bloke going along to the odd game at the aviva these are the people that you want to be involved in the sport from a young age right through the entirety of their life <clears throat> and in that span you will have gotten them into the habit of going to games from a pretty young age and I think you'll find most people who go to games like the vast majority of people who've been going to games for years and years and years will be able to trace back their first time attending a game as a kid and the importance of that whether it was uh, Gaelic football as often was the case with myself uh, it was a far more Gaelic football matches than ever was soccer but you get used to being an attendee at games and you get used to it being different and being better than just being a passive television program which is is what it is for a lot of people so the fact that these uh, these crowds are you know majority uh, kids uh, shouldn't be scoffed at because like it's uh, damned important that they keep coming to games throughout the future of, of the sport because otherwise you just end up with a dwindling weary ageing fan base that has less and less interest in attending whereas this is a chance, a genuine chance, an actual chance to legitimately grow the game.
1: Now I should point out Richie that it Mm. is very exciting for all these kids to come here. Unfortunately a lot of them outside had to meet the Grinch which was Kathleen as she asked them (laughs) what they were most looking forward to and uh, Kathleen pointed out uh, well most players pointed out it was Katie McCabe. They couldn't wait to see Katie McCabe this evening finally in action and Kathleen now would inform them that unfortunately Katie's not in the squad tonight.
2: Yeah, there was a lot of disappointed faces whenever I said that to a couple of the girls, especially the ones that were coming here for their first ever game, because obviously Katie is the most forward-facing player for a lot of them. But you know what? If they come tonight and Leanne Kiernan scores, Amber Barrett scores, whoever it is, they're suddenly going to have another name on their lips and there's going to be another hero that comes out of tonight. So I think as much as maybe Katie is the sort of player that gets the kids here. There are plenty of other inspirational figures on this team for them to get excited about. did get one or two Denise O'Sullivans and then very interestingly got a Tara O'Hanlon who actually unfortunately also isn't in the squad because <laughs> she's doing her leaving cert at the moment uh, but also a very a very good player and definitely one for the future. I mean on the Koi Gig podcast, Karen Duggan who is her captain talks about her quite a lot and how impressive she is and how she could really be one to watch for the future so it'll be interesting to see a little bit more of her whether that's in the league the all-island cup or in this ireland squad in years to come
1: the koi gig fans were queuing up to speak with kathleen outside I, was an honor.
2: I even got to take a picture with someone uh, i met a woman who named her daughter emma byrne and we were just saying we hoped her name was byrne beforehand but the emma apparently was after the one and only emma byrne and oh. i mean no shame in that either
1: no, this is, now she knows what it's like to be a friend of the pod, Richie. This is like what it's when you go to a golf weekly gig. It's just outrageous. Mm-hmm. Just,
0: you know, Any Rugby Daily fans want to uh, accost yeah. me When, when you're street, uh, by yeah, all means. The, yeah, uh, yeah. the Terenure lads will invite you along next time, Richie. Oh, judging by the, the news the, the other day, I don't think you want to Terenure lads
1: anywhere near me, Nathan. All you know, right, causing ructions. Uh, so what we're looking at at the moment is the two sides are just warming up. Uh, kickoff is at half past seven. The stadium is filling up uh, quite nicely. It's expected to be pretty much a full house by half past seven. Of course, this is an important game for the Republic of Ireland as well. They chose Zambia because they're in the group with Nigeria and want to get a sense of maybe a similar style of football. And of course, the big one is France in two weeks' time, which will bring you full live commentary of here on Off the Ball. But let's get to the news round. Where are you starting, Richie? Uh, we shall start uh, away from Talis
0: Stadium because, of course, that is the big ticket in town tonight with that visit of Zambia. Uh, well, Dara O'Shea has been undergoing a medical at Burnley today. The Republic of Ireland defender is on the verge of an €8 million Euro move from West Brom, with West Brom no longer in receipt of parachute payments they need to sell players this summer to balance their books.
1: Yeah, it feels like a decent opportunity for Dara O'Shea to get into the Premier League uh, with a manager who obviously knows all about playing at centre-back and the fact that Nathan Collins has been strongly linked with that move to Brentford you hope that the two of them will be playing first team football next season at, at Premier League level and suddenly we're looking at things in a very different position from probably where we were even going into that game against Greece where O'Shea couldn't play because he hadn't had a match since the France game due to injury and Nathan Collins obviously has had his opportunities limited so uh, that I think is the ideal move for Dar O'Shea
0: yeah, feels like it uh, provided he does get game time because I'm sure it'll be competitive as ever um, with the Premier League back to four back three to play in next season um, I, I'm always fond of players linking up with international teammates as it pervades to the Ireland team because getting to play alongside Josh Cullen as well and those link-ups uh, are always a help when you're able to take them from one setup into another I, I don't think he could have asked for better uh, this summer for a Premier League club for a, a defender of the calibre uh, of Vincent Company to come looking for him speaks volumes for the player that Dara O'Shea already is and fingers crossed can possibly develop into in the coming years
1: uh, the news round is in association with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back neon night edition available now there'll be lots of talk understandably of inspiration around this Irish team uh, we don't have to look too far for more female sports inspiration Leona Maguire is backing it up at yeah. the uh, PGA
0: certainly is she's playing her final hole of the women's PGA Championship at the moment she is one under par and she is just a shot off the joint leaders both in the clubhouse now both after rounds of 69 today they are Celine Borga and Japan's Ayaka Furue. after a bright start Stephanie Meadow had to content herself with a two over par round of 73 today. Uh, Shane Lowry just two shots off the lead following his first round at the Travelers Championship. He's six under par. He shot a 64 today. Keegan Bradley went round in 62 to lead in the clubhouse on eight under par. Uh, Rory McIlroy birdied his second hole he has, though, dropped back to one over par uh, after a couple of drop shots there recently. They came with back-to-back bogeys at four and five. So one over par is McIlroy at the moment. Seamus Power also one over. He has played four holes of his first round there. On four under par, Tom McKibben is just two off the lead after the first day of the BMW International Open. Adrian Sadie, Eduardo Molinari and Ryuka Hoshino jointly lead there on six under par. John Murphy uh, props up the leaderboard in Munich. He is 10 over par.
1: Well, three different tournaments, three different Irish players in contention would we'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a uh, could well be a good weekend. Uh, I didn't like Irish your tone is. there, Richie. That was a real like save this, save this for Golf Weekly.
0: I was, I, I didn't want to say that. No, I think what you we were looking for um, away from the PGA Tour because everybody's just gunning to be the best they possibly can at all times over there for Maguire to actually make a statement in uh, a major will be quite something Uh, I know you were talking or Joe was talking last night on on the show about how length uh, might necessarily be her friend when it comes to the majors but to be hanging in there after day one um, even though there are a clatter of golfers still to come today and finish off their ends and it's quite a tight leaderboard to be there thereabouts is quite good and McKibben as well uh, is something we shouldn't overlook because after picking up a win so recently on the DP World Tour, this is where he started off uh, that weekend, where he was like, you know, one two shots just to drift after the opening day, managed to put together a second round again tomorrow, and you could well be looking at a couple of titles for him on the DP World Tour within the space of a few weeks and that would be absolutely huge
1: and after the late late nights of the US Open last week uh, the PGA is on in New York yeah. so the time difference is far more favourable for us if Leona Maguire does stay in contention <laughs> and there will be full TV coverage over the weekend yeah. which was the only disaster on Sunday night that uh, which is a rarity Sky weren't covering the LPGA even on the red button which means most people didn't actually get to see Leona Maguire's victory but uh, that certainly won't be the case this weekend uh, some new ahead of the tour de france and not good news for sam bennett
0: yeah a little bit surprising this one as well sam bennett will be a tour de france spectator for the second year running Bora Hansgrohe, his team have decided to omit the 2020 green jersey winner from their team for next month's tour they've left one spot open on their roster seven riders named today one to come which they say will be for a climber rather than a sprinter
1: yeah really disappointing for sam bennett yet again uh, the mood, some, they'd
0: they'd spoken, on. by the way, sorry Nathan, they'd spoken recently, uh, his team manager, about how once he stays clear of injury, that it looked like he would be okay to, to ride in the Tour. He'd ridden on the Criterium de Dauphine, which of course is a really litmus test for people who want to ride in the Tour. And it looked like, you know, this will be fait accompli, especially seeing as he went back to Bora Hansgrohe to get these particular opportunities um, and to have them more freely available to him and that just hasn't been the case in these last two years and
1: he's got to be scratching his head at this stage particularly today and wondering why So I was reading the story earlier that Todd Bowley when he was uh, completing his takeover of Chelsea reassured the Premier League that the Saudi do you worry about no. that? It's nothing. It's nothing. They're just in the background. They've no interest in this whatsoever. Mm. And what are the chances they're going to sell half their squad for about half a billion and they'll never have financial fair play worries again? No, and uh, they've they've uh, such as their largesse, Chelsea's owners have completed a
0: takeover this evening of French club Strasbourg. Bowley and Clear Lake Capital have taken a 100% stake in the Alsace side, with Mark Keller remaining as their president. It's believed Chelsea have paid, or Chelsea's owners rather, have paid €75 million for the privilege meanwhile Chelsea continue to offload their unwanted players to clubs in Saudi Arabia Khalidou Koulibaly is set to join Ruben Neves at Al-Hilal Cristiano Ronaldo's al Nasser will bag Hakim Ziyech while Eduardo Mendy is on the way to Al-Akhli
1: news from Tottenham
0: as well yeah Spurs have agreed a 19 million euro deal with Empoli for goalkeeper Guillermo Vicario the 26 year old is going to sign a five year contract to replace Hugo Lloris as Spurs number one will also appear to put a deal for David Raya to bed Vicario kept seven clean sheets in 31 Serie A appearances this past season for Empoli
1: uh, the story here in Tala is the two teams have gone back into the dressing room to prepare for kickoff, which is in just under 10 minutes' time. As I say, absolutely perfect conditions at Tala Stadium this evening. Uh, Vera Powell Kathleen generally likes to pick difficult opposition, so France is quite a risky game to play in your final send-off when it should be a massive celebration considering their quality. Uh, tonight, when you look at that Zambia team and what they offer, and then you look at that Ireland team, what are you expecting?
2: Um, I'm expecting a competitive game. I think it's going to be interesting from an Irish side because obviously this isn't a set of players who traditionally play together all that regularly. There's some really standout names in the Zambia side too. I mean, they beat Nigeria last year in the AFCON final to come third and Nigeria have won that tournament the majority of times they've played in it. So this definitely isn't a team to be underestimated. Uh, I watched a little bit of their open training session yesterday. And they're very they're a strong team, they're very, very fast. They I think we're gonna to have to be very careful that we don't let them in behind us. Barbara Banda, who plays with them, is an exceptional player. She became the first ever player uh on the women's side at the Olympics to score hat tricks in consecutive games. Um so that was in the last Olympics and she really really brought Zambia through. This is also a size that's coming into their first World Cup in the same way that we are as well. So, you know, they're gonna want to Want to go out and stake a claim for themselves and show other people that they're not to be messed around with so yeah interesting to see how it goes i think it'd be good for this side to get a few goals on the cards just because it's still an area that we're not that great with and i think this is a side we can do it with
1: uh, i think you'll find we put what 11 goals past georgia here one night which uh <laughs> you know that is an, uh, true but
2: that was a little bit of an anomaly <laughs> uh
1: the the other thing of course they're going to be hoping for tonight is that there's no injuries uh when we are so close to the world cup hard to believe it's come around it do feel like a lifetime ago since Hampden Park mainly because there's about 30 degrees in the difference in the temperature between that night and tonight I feel
2: and the pouring rain as well which isn't so much here in Tala tonight
1: uh, Amber Barrett by the way who's probably going to be the big talking point of that squad selection right on the cusp she's among the substitutes uh, this evening so may get an opportunity uh, time for a couple of more stories Richie so does uh, European team championships going on at the moment in athletics
0: yeah, yeah Ireland promoted today having finished top of division three at the European team championships in Poland. the mixed 4x400 relay team finished off a fine week there with victory. There are also wins today for Sophie O'Sullivan in the women's 1500 metres, Ruby Millet in the women's long jump, Eric Favors in the men's shot put, David Cusson in the men's high jump and Mark Smith in the men's 200 metres. And a rather interesting boxing story today, the International Boxing Association has been stripped of its recognition as the sport's global body by the International Olympic Committee. It's due to what the IOC call a failure to complete reforms on governance, finance and ethical issues. This, of course, has been brewing for some time, Boxing, though, does remain part of next year's Paris Olympics, but qualification bouts and competition are being run by the IOC itself and not the IBA. Uh, In a rather uh, tempestuous outburst today, IBA President Umar Kremlev compared the decision of the IOC to something from fascist Germany, saying it's catastrophic for global boxing. Meanwhile, here at home, the IABA say they'll hold a joint meeting of their board of directors and Central Council officer board to discuss the decision and its ramifications for Irish boxing
1: so this is good news that boxing will be there I guess the next step then is how do the Irish boxers qualify
0: yeah I I think it'll be a similar situation to what uh, Tokyo ended up being whereby the IOC wrestled control of this and there were somewhat ad hoc um, qualifying tournaments and that will be the case Uh, again I would imagine this time around the real issue is Los Angeles in 2028 and whether or not they can establish this alternate governing body world boxing which has been um, bubbling and starting to, to coalesce and there's been a lot of promises of joining this thing. Um, that needs to be firmly in place within the next 18 months to two years for boxing to have any hope of, of reappearing in LA 2028 because there's, from an IOC perspective, there's such a bad taste in the mouth. And you go back to like even there's stories this week with the sad passing of Jim McCourt who won Ireland's only medal in the Tokyo Olympics, funnily enough, in 64 and how essentially he'd been done out of doing better in that as well. Boxing, from a long way back in terms of the olympic games stinks and there's a lot of bad decisions and a lot of those stem from the various iterations of the iba that have come before it as well um so it needs to have itself firmly in order properly in order within these next year 18 months two years because otherwise there's a generation of boxers who will not in this country and in other countries obviously who won't have the chance to go to los angeles olympics basically because of the sins of the fathers that came before them
1: all right good stuff richie time for the cash machine
2: The news round on off the ball. With Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave with your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.